The following program contains themes and images that may not be suitable for most audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Panda Pig Inc. Rate, review, and subscribe. And now on to our true crime segment. So hold on, I have to get my materials. Okay, I have my slideshow, and you were right. There are only two slides. Yes, it's not very um, photo heavy this time. It's in color, so I'm assuming this is in the 21st century? Yes, ma'am. Dope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alrighty, so I actually, one of my main sources for this is a book called Dark Heart, A True Story of Sex, Manipulation, and Murder by Kevin Flynn and Rebecca Lavoie. Okay. So, I got this book from Barnes & Noble. If you guys are interested in reading it, it's very well written and very interesting. Okay. So, Elizabeth Marriott, or Marriott, Marriott, I don't know, was (laughs) born June 10th, 1993. She's Um, not related to, like, the Marriott hotels? No, no, alas, she is not. That's close. So, in 2012, she was living with her aunt and uncle. How old is she? So, 2012, 12, 17, 18, 19, 18, 19 years old. She's in college? Okay, okay. So, she's living with her aunt and uncle in the town of Chester, Massachusetts, because it was closer to her college. Mm-hmm. So she was described as cheerful, loving, affable, and dits- dizzy or ditzy. Like yeah, it's weird. Probably like, ditzy. <laughs> calling not someone, dizzy. I feel like calling someone ditzy is not. That's like, so insulting. Yeah, that's incredibly like that. insulting. You're coming. You're calling like, them a dumbass. I feel like that's the one word that did not belong in the quote. But, it's like you're you calling know. someone an idiot. Yeah, but in but a she nice was not, way. Clearly, she was not an idiot. She was very, very intelligent. She loved Harry Potter, all things magical. She in, embraced fantasy literature, sci-fi. Mm-hmm. You know, like nerd culture, like you know, the cool geek stuff. Nerd culture. The cool twenty first century. The, the cool real culture. stuff, okay. All right. She was very talented. For her junior prom, she made her own dress. So she's creative, for yes. sure. Multi-talented. People found her to be lovable, witty, and trusting. Like, literally everyone who met her loved her. Mm-hmm. Obviously the perfect victim. Mm. Um, she would literally. volunteer at the Boston's New England Aquarium. Mm-hmm. She loved marine wildlife. Like, she wanted to be an ocean explorer. She was very, um, very fascinated by that. She had dreams. Mm -hmm. So when she was on break at college, she had gone back home to see her family in Massachusetts, and she met Brittany Atwood, who they worked part-time together at a grocery store. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lizzie instantly felt a connection with her. She ended up coming out as bisexual to her parents and started dating Brittany. Mm -hmm. They had a long-distance relationship while she was at school, um... So, but all in all, her life was going really good. Why is it long distance? Because, so she's on break visiting her parents, and then she goes back to live with her aunt and uncle. Where does her parents live? Her parents live in another city in Massachusetts. I forgot to write it down. But it's in Massachusetts. So Mm -hmm. they're still in the same state, but just different cities. Okay. Yeah. So, so, um, 
on October 9th, 2012, Mm -hmm. Lizzie didn't return home after hanging out at a friend's house. So there seems to be some kind of confusion. So Lizzie didn't have to necessarily check in with her aunt and uncle because, you know, she's an adult. She's in college. She can kind of come and go as she pleases. Yeah. And so they get kind of worried because they don't hear from her. And then the parents call her. And so, like, two days later, they're like, where the heck is Lizzie? Mm -hmm. So they call the police. And the police were able to find out through some of Lizzie's friends that she was going to go see a girl named Kat McDonough. Kat is one of her co-workers at Target, I believe. Okay. So one of the co-workers that worked with them there texted Kat and was asking if she had seen Lizzie that night. But Kat said that she hadn't. How old is Kat? Kat, um, so crap. Is she like older? Like They're, they're similar ages. So, like, 20s, maybe? Yeah, like, I think they're, like, a year or two apart. Okay. Darn, I thought that I wrote that down. So, like, Lizzie's, like, 18, 19, so yes. Kat could be, like, 20, 21. Yeah, they're very similar ages. Um, so, um, by piecing together kind of Lizzie's last known activities, they start looking more into Kat. And so, at the time, Kat's living with her boyfriend, Seth Mazalia. I'm assuming he's older, because he kind of mm-hmm. looks older. Yes. So, like, so, mid-late 20s, I guess? So, he is... When he and Kat got together, she was 17 and he was 28. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh. Yes. This is, like, um, last episode. Mm-hmm. So, three days after Lizzie's disappearance... <sighs> it's not that bad, but it's still bad. To me, it all depends on how old the youngest person is. And their maturity level. It's not that bad, but still bad. There's a lot of different parts to the to the to the recipe, um, but this one did not add up. All right, go for it. Okay, so Lizzie's three days after Lizzie's disappearance, investigators are convinced that Cat and Seth know something. So police bring them in for questioning at the same time, but they're mm-hmm. in separate rooms. Seth ends up telling a totally different story than Cat. Um, there you speak with him for like 11 hours. And of course he's like denying anything is wrong. Um, and, but then he kind of gives and he told them that Lizzie was at their apartment the night she went missing. (laughs) He says that there was sex and a mishapped BDSM accident. Accident? Mm Mm-hmm. And Lizzie died. Uh, bless you. Thank you. Um, (laughs) So he said that after Lizzie died, he panicked and brought the body to Pierce Island, where the Piscataqua Piscataqua River. Okay. Sorry, I'm <laughs> I'm butchering that, and I'm really trying. It's okay. Um, meets the Atlantic Ocean. So he basically dumped her body in the river because he panicked. Okay. Law enforcement continued to search the river for weeks, but ultimately Lizzie's body's never been found. Still. Oh, my gosh. So, about two hours into Kat's interview, she's, you know, not answering any more questions. She gets told she's free to go, but she's waiting for Seth. Um, And that's kind of when things started to blow up. So, eventually, this is Kat's first confession, okay? Okay. She says that on October 9th, 2012, Lizzie came over at around 9 Mm p.m. At first, Kat says that Lizzie's death was an accident, 
you know, Seth was sitting and the two of them were kind of goofing around. They were watching a movie, playing cards, and they had consensual group sex. It started going from silly to sexual. So, and it, it got a little bit more intense. Kat said that Lizzie agreed to be tied up, tied up with bondage ropes. And it even has draws, um, a diaphragm on the harness. Oh. So, Kat says... I tied a harness on myself before, but it was the first time I'd ever tied a harness on someone else. Dude. She tells them that Lizzie had a seizure, suffocated, and died as she was lying under her on the floor. Um, you would think, yo, if it's too tight, cut it off. So, Kat seems pretty detached, but she says ultimately, like, it was too much to handle and she's freaking out. Okay. So Kat is charged with three counts involving hindering an investigation in order to have no further contact with Seth. Since they still didn't have Lizzie's body, they gave Kat a deal. Instead of a possible 21-year sen- year sentence, she gets maxed three years. Um, if obviously, they tell a good her deal. where the body. If, if she tells where the body is, well, she they they dumped her in the river. Oh, so they both had the same story of dumping mm-hmm. her in the river. Yeah, so Seth okay. was arrested and charged with the murder of Lizzie. They Wait, find so what was the deal that they made with Kat for why she only got three years? Because she didn't necessarily dump the body. <laughs> I mean, I kind of get more into it further, because remember, oh, okay, I said that's okay. Kat's first confession. Okay, whatever. With okay. Seth... <laughs> so Seth gets charged with the murder. They end up finding a pair of gloves... Um, Kat says OJ? that mm-hmm, they find a pair of gloves because in Kat's second confession, she says that Seth put the gloves on and strangled Lizzie. Bro. The police find clues about Seth's connection um, by finding his underwear behind the apartment building in the dumpster and the <laughs> pair of black gloves and Lizzie's sweatshirt. What? So... This is the second confession. Well, I'm first going to tell you a little bit about Seth and Kat, okay? Okay. But was that the second confession? Basically. Okay. That, I'll, I'll get into a little bit more details, but the ults, the idea is that Seth strangled Lizzie. Okay, for that theory. Mm-hmm. That Kat didn't suffocate her with the harness, with the bondage harness, but that Seth choked strangled her out. her. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, this book is so good, because... It gives you so much rich information about Lizzie and who she was as a person, mm-hmm. as well as Seth and Kat. So you kind of get a full picture on how these events came to pass. Oh, wow. I'm really dumbing down a lot of information in here <laughs> for the purpose of not talking for the next nine hours, because that's how long the audiobook is for this. Oh, my gosh. But I have some key things to point out that good to makes me. this a really interesting case. Like we said, if you guys want the, all the details, Pig told you what the book is. So. Yeah, it's called Dark Heart, A True Story of Sex, Manipulation, and Murder. Mm-hmm. So later on in the, in the investigation, we learn that um, that the story of Seth and Kat and how this all came to be is very interesting. So um, when Seth finally goes on trial, Kat's now um, testifying against him, mm-hmm. saying that Lizzie was murdered by Seth in front of Kat's own eyes. 
So Seth and Kat met in the summer of 2011. They they both had a love for, you know, community theater. Kat was 17 and Seth was 28. Kat's very impressionable. How did they meet? That community theater. Com- okay, community theater. Okay. Mm-hmm. They both wanted to be actors. I was thinking like high school theater. I was like, wait, no, what? Community, community theater. theater. Okay, so okay. Kat's mom was kind of a part-time actress and he was, a, he. they had a lot of different interests, but they both really loved the theater. Mm-hmm. So um, Kat seemed to be very impressionable, very imaginative. She had an alter ego named Scarlet that she would kind of tap into, kind of like live action role play kind of a thing. You know, these are like D&D kind of people, like Dungeons and Dragons type of people. I got you. I got okay. you. She's obsessed with Disney. So, like, picture well, that's the kind of person she is. <laughs> so, both um, Kat and Seth had this desire to be famous actors, and they enjoyed live-action role-play, sci-fi-related communities, Dungeons and Dragons, things like that, which, for all intents and purposes... Not bad stuff. Pretty Relati- cool. Relatively normal. Relatively normal. Well, it seemed that he started manipulating Kat from the start. What? Um, he... Well, yeah. He basically <laughs> isol- eventually made moves to isolate her from the rest of her family. Um, she didn't have the best home life. It wasn't necessarily abusive, but her and her dad had a very distant relationship. She went from one messed up relationship to a literally mm-hmm. abusive relationship. So they, there's this one page. Sorry, I have a lot of things that I want to read directly from the book. Okay. So when they go on their first date, kind of an example of how he manipulates her. So she seems to have this very rich imagination. And they both kind of confess to each other that they each have these alter egos that they kind of role play in so after their first date he says to her did you have any trouble sleeping seth asked cat on facebook after the date she says no why he says i felt scarlet cat's alter ego invading my astral space last night he said just noting in case there was a blackout on your end Kate, uh, cat felt exhilarate, exhilarated. Was this for real? Could her cat persona be something more than just a pretend personality? What the fuck? So they have a lot of this where they end up creating this rich kind of sexual fantasy life mm-hmm. where he, it's almost like he's possessed by these different alter egos and ultimately cat becomes his full-time submissive while he's her dominant. Okay. What the heck? Like, the, this man he's is just the purpose rescue angry. for horrible. I'm only going to make you mad. <laughs> he's as I making me angry. So he's also the type of guy who wanted to be a cop. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know my theories about different types of people who want to be cops. Mm-hmm. He's one of those type of people where clearly mm-hmm. he wants to I know exercise exactly what you're talking his about. own his dominance over people. And I can't remember the page that it was on, but basically he and Kat were talking. He said that he wanted to be um, a cop and then eventually quit and start his own security firm, and then eventually have a bunch of people who are like his soldiers. Like, this guy sucks at every level. He wants people to obey him. Yes. At every level of his life. So to be a dictator. He has, clearly has a personal personality disorder and is a pathological liar. Oh, hell yeah. Are you sure he doesn't have a split personality? 
Well, that's what he's trying to say. Remember, he's got all these different alter egos. Yeah, but I'm wondering if that's real. Like, does he really have split personality disorder? here's the stigma. So it's not called split personality disorder anymore. It's called dissociative identity disorder. And most people who have that, it's a result from childhood trauma. And their alters are used to help them cope with their surroundings. Do you have anything about his childhood? Yes and no. It's just Mm. kind of, he's just a dick. But, like, when it comes to people with dissociative identity disorder, it's very rare that they're ever committing any crimes or being violent. It's more of a dissociation to cope with their childhood trauma. So, for him, to me, I think he just has a personality disorder. Like, maybe he has psycho he clearly has psychopathic traits or something i don't want to put a label on it because i because i i mean i'm not a doctor i can't diagnose him but clearly he's got some kind of personality disorder literally driving me crazy so here's an example of like his like when i think of these different traits it kind of leads me to more thinking psychopathy i know there's kind of a a a hankiness about the different definitions but one of these things about lying to kind of show grandiosity that you don't think it's maybe a sociopath so i think at least from my understanding sociopaths are made and psychopaths are born interesting um psychopaths it's like largely a result from their environment as children Mm -hmm. and then psychopath is there's a but yeah sociopath is like your environment you know creating you into this person and then i I believe and somebody please correct me if i'm wrong psychopath is more along the lines of you were born without your brain making those connections or some part of your emotional it's a chemical imbalance basically something like that okay so i think because i don't really know much about whether or not his childhood was abusive yeah but he just seems to be described by everyone he knows as clearly a bad dude all right, so go on. Mm-hmm. So, um, so he tells this story in college. This particular moment, I feel like, is really telling. He claimed that he had a he had a girlfriend named Natasha, and that they had walked alone through a Troy Park one night, and a mugger jumped from the bushes, intending to rob them. The man pulled out a gun, pointed it at them both, and made threatening demands. Seth said the mugger. Then turned the gun on Seth and pulled the trigger, but Natasha threw herself in front of the speeding bullet. It caught her in the chest, and she stumbled back into Seth's arms. The mugger ran off into the darkness, and Seth slumped to the ground, holding the love of his life, you know, in his chest, and that she died. Is that a story, or is that what he... He says that that really happened to him. That Natasha was his girlfriend. Now, not only was... Has no one in Troy ever been arrested in that time frame for a shooting the way Seth described. The like Troy police have no reports of the incident. There's no news clippings that exist of the mention of the homicide in the park, um, nor a person who had this crime committed against them named Natasha. So clearly it, he's making this up. It sounds a lot like a fantasy of someone who's sacrificing themselves for him so he can be master. Yes. So... So he, you know, he grossed out everyone around him. Um, the He had a reputation of being a flirt um, at the at the, his community theater. They said he was not smooth. While he was too polite to sit that, while they were too polite to say it to his face, many women, Turned like, felt down. that he gave them the ick, you know? Like, he was weird. Yikes. 
Um, and he obviously had a very vivid imagination mm-hmm. and used it to bring Cat under his control. And it worked for her, yes. though. So this quote from the book says, Seth seemed to believe that there were other entities on other spiritual planes, perhaps from past lives, that were tethered to his current existence. He told Cat that he had not one, but many of these personas. He sometimes held them responsible for his life's difficulties. He turned to the more reliable ones for directions or major decisions. Mm-hmm. The personas offered him guidance as well as excuses for his failures. So, from what I know, neither him nor Kat has a, have ever been diagnosed with a mental disorder. So, that's why I don't say dissociative identity. But basically... They seem to have very vivid imaginations, and he hides in this world because in this world, he's cool, he's interesting, mm-hmm. and he's got superpowers. Mm-hmm. And now, he's using this stuff on Cat because Cat kind of already has, like, this alter ego. She's into sci-fi stuff. They're both into role play. But he grabs her and takes her to the next level. Um, oh, boy. He clearly was grooming her. Um, oh, for sure. He covered his tracks pretty well in their relationship where he would even have her delete Facebook messages from them so that no one could see how they were talking to each other. What? You know, and he eventually pulled Kat away from her family. So the reason why I tell you these different things is because I feel like Kat is an additional victim slash bystander in this case. So the only reason, though, that Lizzie met Seth is through Cat, though, mm-hmm. because they it's worked almost at like the same an place. Epstein thing, or so, like an, was it R. Kelly? Yeah. One of them so too? I get even further yeah. into that. It goes even deeper. So Ooh, I give you that no. background to understand why Cat ends up doing the things that she does, because Ooh. a lot of the times when we see these kinds of scenarios, obviously what Cat did isn't right, but. Mm. But usually there's a reason as to why she did it. She's been conditioned at this point. Mm -hmm. So they're into BDSM. BDSM is bondage, discipline, domination, submission, sadism, masochism. It's a a style of play that people enjoy and get sexual gratification from. Mm -hmm. Yes. So Kat and Seth are both into this. Now, Seth is kind of like her first real relationship. And most of the... And he is very, very rough. So... BDSM kind of gets the stigma of being abusive, but for most people who engage in it, it's about, you know, the role play. It's called play, but ultimately they're doing it with people that they trust and genuinely care for. Yeah. Seth seems to be the kind of guy who purely gets satisfaction from only dominating people and not actually having a loving, caring relationship. Yeah. So when he's with Kat and they're, like, having their sexual time, like, he doesn't give her a safe word. Like, she doesn't even know what that is. So basically he, like, beats he the crap out of her. He just goes at it. Like, even if, like, she can't take it anymore, mm-hmm. he they just... Ca- yep. They called their apartment their lair. Okay? Okay. When Kat was going to camp... She was supposed to find Seth a temporary sex slave, but failed to do so. She was putting up ads on websites. She was trying everything. On Craigslist. <laughs> yeah. And she failed to do so. So he told her that she was going to be violently punished for days 
And that the second part of her punishment was that when she got back from camp, she had to find them a third sexual partner because Kat was bisexual as well. Um, and Albert, so hence why Lizzie kind of fell into this. So everyone in her real life was totally put off by Seth. And so she's desperate. Okay. Like the way he violently sexually punishes her is pretty horrifying. Um, oh, they talk about it in the book? Yeah. Yeah, you it's, guys, if you want to read it, you yeah, can. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So so she's terrified. She's getting desperate. She needs to find somebody. And she thinks of Lizzie. Lizzie is amazing, funny, and smart. They actually get along really well. Like, they're at work. Like, they're interested in the same things. She's also bisexual. She's also bisexual. Exactly. So she fits the shoe. Mm-hmm. So on October 2nd, 2012, she invites Lizzie over, and they're watching the Avengers movie. And before the movie ended, Seth comes home, and they kind of have some small talk, you know, and Seth is like, yes, this is the girl. This is our third. Okay. Does Lizzie even know? No. She does <gasps> not know. Lizzie is in a committed relationship with Brittany. Lizzie... She's going over to a friend's friend's house. house. Mm -hmm. But Kat kind of tricked her. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like the trial run. So October 9th, Lizzie comes over again. They watch a movie. Because she's thinking it's a friend. Mm -hmm. They play strip poker. And Lizzie, like, probably had no idea that this was going to be sexual. Like, even though they're playing strip poker, they're teenagers. Okay? They're teenagers. Lizzie and Kat are teenagers. Seth is a grown man. Because they're like 18, Mm -hmm. 17, 18. Yes. So Kat ends up naked. Lizzie's in her underwear. Seth suggests that Kat should start kissing Lizzie. But Lizzie's not into it because she has a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Seth asks Lizzie if he'd have sex with Kat um, in front of her. Like if he'd have sex with her in front of Kat. And Lizzie's like, no. So Seth is pissed, and he does not like to be told no. So while Kat and Lizzie sat on the floor watching a movie, Seth quietly puts on the gloves, grabs a rope, um, moves up behind her and pulls the rope around her neck and strangles her and while Kat, she's sitting right next to Kat. And Kat lets it happen. Yeah. Does I think... Kat think it's like... I think she's probably play? in shock. Uh, like, could you imagine... Just casually. You're some... sitting there watching a movie. Yeah. And the the person that you're with, who is your partner, the love of your life, but also terrifies the hell out of you. Just casually. Just casually strangles your friend who's sitting right next to you. I don't know how I would react. I think I would either be in shock. Or I'd be screaming. Or screaming. Right. So, Kat was frozen. Uh, so, for a character, she was frozen. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So Roberta, um, that sucks. Roberta Gherkin, who's a friend of Seth's, mm-hmm. um, she ends up testifying at the tribal trial. Basically, tribal. <laughs> trial. She got a call from Kat that night, so she the comes night over. that it happened. Mm-hmm. So she comes over with her boyfriend Paul, and they see the body on the floor next to the bed. Seth is rocking back and forth, saying he's gone too far. Cat's in the fetal position in the kitchen. Not wanting to get involved. So both of them are panicking right now. Mm-hmm. Roberta and Paul don't want to get involved. So they leave. They don't call 911. They tell Seth and Kat to get an ambulance. 
And I mean, I don't blame them for leaving, but they still should have at least, mm-hmm. you know, done something. They never. But. That that's it. And um, then Kat says that after they had left, Seth came over to her while she was still curled up. He held out his arm and said, "Come on, we're in this together." And together, they drove 13 miles from the apartment to New Hampshire coast. They brought Lizzie's body wrapped in a tarp and stuffed in a suitcase. What is and up with the suitcase stuff? Why is everyone shoving bodies in suitcases? It's it's clearly more common than you think. It's crazy. So they but took not at the same time. They took her body out of the suitcase and they pushed her off a cliff. Oh, a cliff. Mhm. Holy crap. But instead of landing in the water, her body landed on the rocks. Oh, shoot. So, because Seth was out of breath, he made Lizzie go down to the water and push... He made... Sorry. He made Kat go down and push Lizzie's body into the water. Oh, no. So, Seth argues that it was all Kat and he didn't do anything wrong. He argues that Kat's first testimony was the truth, but that... But ultimately, the physical evidence against him is too strong, even without Lizzie's body. They, yeah. The test results on his underwear matched Lizzie's, like, the D- the DNA was a match on Lizzie. Mm-hmm. So, um, clearly he, I don't know whether it was before or after, but he um, assaulted her. So, Seth was found guilty of first-degree murder by okay. strangulation, and guilty of first-degree rape, murder, and guilty on two counts of conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Lizzie's family doesn't necessarily blame Kat. They believe that she was a victim in an abusive relationship, and that if she had never met Seth, Kat would have never committed a crime like this. Um, some of the jurors... Lizzie's family. Oh yeah. my goodness, they are. Some good. of... Some of uh, the jurors felt that Kat got off too easy. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But the judge sentenced Seth, Seth to life in prison without the chance of parole. Mm-hmm. And Kat was released in 2016. She got three years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. If you want to listen to the victim impact statement of Lizzie's girlfriend on mm-hmm. YouTube, it's on there. And she does an amazing job of talking about the kind of person that Lizzie was. Did like, she talk about how, like, her reaction, how that Yes, she her? basically is horrified because Lizzie was the love of her life. Like, mm-hmm. when they got together, they both felt like it was this amazing connection. They were best friends. And um, Brittany basically says, you know, she'll never forgive them from taking away Lizzie, who was such a light in this world, like she was so knowledgeable about marine life and was get so excited. There is actually this also one story um, when she was working at at a at a convenience store mm-hmm. and just kind of telling you the kind of person she was. So she says one night a mother was screaming with a screaming baby rolled into the section where Lizzie was folding shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, a retail store. The woman, probably immune by now to the sound of her son's cries, ignored the child while she browsed the racks. Instead of pitching her own fit and um, about this reversal of fortune, Lizzie played peekaboo with the child across the shelving and made funny faces. The boy settled down and the mother never knew why. 
She wrote about the incident on her Facebook page. Lizzie said, cry, sis, C-R-Y, averted. <laughs> she was punny, you know. That's funny. Punny. Um, yes. <laughs> Stop yourself. So she, this book, like I said, it does a really good job of kind of explaining each key player in this and why everything happened the way it did. And I don't even go into detail of just how abusive and manipulative Seth was over Kat and her life. Yeah, because it's um heavy. And it seems, it, it's to me, it seems more than, I'm weighing it more than just on Kat's testimony, because it seems that everyone else in his life corroborated that Seth was a pretty bad dude. That's sad. So, my, my connection to the Bones episode is obviously the, um, the threesome element, mm-hmm. the bondage... BDSM yeah. element, yeah, but also the manipulative person element of it all. It's almost like Seth is Michael, yeah, but worse, but worse than Michael, yeah, because he's real. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the 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 death of um and murder of Lizzie Marriott. Again, the book is called Dark Hearts: A True Story of Sex, Manipulation, and Murder by Kevin Flynn and Rebecca Lavoy. Wow. That makes me angry. Mm When I was reading this, when I tell you, when I was reading this, I was so absolutely frustrated reading it, hearing about the type of man that Seth was and the things that he would say and do. And the fact that Kat was okay with it, but she was already groomed. And it all had to do with this, these, um, like they had their own fantasy world. Yeah. Where he would threaten her with different alter egos that were going to punish her. And this and that. Makes me think of that movie Split. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's she's a teenager. A teenager. That's, um... No. Just, dude. Come on Horrible. Now. Horrible. That's not okay. Yeah. Come on now. That's, um... No. That's not okay. Yes. But, um, unlike... The case that I did before of Jerry Hillard and Marilyn Green, you can find a lot of pictures of Lizzie Marriott on the internet and read a lot about her life and the kind of person she was and what she meant to those that loved her. That's good. Yeah. So that's the case, guys. That poor girl. I know. It's horrible. Absolutely horrible. <sighs> Alrighty. You guys still here? <laughs> Hang out. We're here. Go through this with us. Hang with us, y'all. Hang with us. I'm, I'm, um, next yep. week, we have an amazing episode because it's the man in the fallout shelter. What? Dude? I've been excited. waiting for this episode. Woo. It's a great one. Um, I have a, a, we have a so case many lined up for it. We both already have so many thoughts. This is one of my favorite episodes ever. Oh, yes. Chef's kiss. So such a good episode. If we bummed you out here, which we kind of do a lot, um, <laughs> stay tuned next week and um, have a palate cleanser. Go watch a video of cute animals. You don't want to ask them if we haven't turned them off. Yeah, I mean, clearly, if if you're still here, <laughs> please don't leave. <laughs> don't leave us. Let's hang out. If we haven't turned you off, please stay turned on with us. <laughs> don't leave us. Hang out with those guys. Let's hang out. Let's hang. Let's chill. Catch y'all next week. Bye. Bye.
next week on The Heart and the Bones. Racist coffee. That one was Hot so Kool-Aid. Yeah. You in five minutes. Uh, YouTube videos. Just look them up if you want to laugh. They're great funny. stuff. They're old, but fun. <laughs> old? Don't say they're old. They're old now. They're not that old. They're very cheesy.